From Gimlet Media, I'm Alex Bloomberg, and you're listening to Startup, the podcast about what really happens when you launch a company. And before we even begin, I want to give a brief warning about our show today. It's all about mistakes, and when people make mistakes, they curse. So this is a particularly F-bomb-heavy episode, and the cursing starts almost immediately, like right now in the tape I'm about to play. So if you're not into hearing that, or more likely you're not into your kids hearing that, take action now. Okay, ready? I don't even know where the fucking file is. It's playing. It's somewhere. But where is it? All you have to do is hit Apple Eye on it in your iTunes. I'm telling you, dude, it is not in my iTunes. It's late afternoon, the Monday before Thanksgiving, and we are trying to do something that seemed like it would be simple. Upload the first episode of our brand new show, Reply All, a show about people and the internet. Alex, one of the hosts of Reply All, is on his computer, frantically trying to find the right MP3 to upload. This was supposed to be a triumphant moment, the culmination of weeks of hard work, interviewing, cutting, writing, editing, more writing, more editing, mixing. We listened to over a dozen different theme song drafts. We'd gone through many rounds of iterations on the logo. And here we were, stuck at posting the file. Right now, this great momentous thing is happening, but for Alex, it's just like registering as a technical failure. Eventually... Alex found the file he wanted to post, but there was still all this data to enter. Dates, names, tags, show description. Wait, 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 wait. Get rid of that. There's no no comma there. Also, we use the there word There is stranger. a comma there. there. A stranger doesn't, a, a comma doesn't belong there. Alex, also, do you, you want to get into commas right now? strange and stranger. There can't be. Lena, do you think there should be a comma right there? Wait, where? Or do you think it should just be a weird fucking run-on sentence? I mean, the comma doesn't belong there. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then finally, we were ready. All we had to do was hit publish. Is everybody ready? I'm going to do it. Goldman, hit it. Opa! <laughs> what we did not know in this moment was that in that podcast that we just uploaded, there was a mistake. A mistake that the next day, Tuesday, would plunge our young company into the center of an internet controversy that felt, at the time, as if it threatened everything we'd built up until that point. It was a bad, bad day. That bad day and all we learned from it, coming up on this episode of Startup. So let's start with the mistake. The mistake was in an ad that appeared in the episode of Reply All that we just posted. This ad. This episode of Reply All is brought to you by Squarespace, the easiest way for anyone to create an exceptional website. One person using Squarespace is Riley, a nine-year-old who wants to share his infectious love of Minecraft with the world. So why did you start a website about it? What did you want to tell everybody about it? Because I, I know so much about it now. When I started it... I was sick and I wanted something to do and I had all these thoughts and then me and my mom decided let's make a website about Minecraft. The mistake was this. We had not told the boy in the ad, Riley, or his mother, Linda, that the interview we did with him about Minecraft was for an ad. Can you tell me the address of your website so we can get people to go look at it? Hold on. I'm going to ask my mom. It's Riley Sharps. Mm Mm-hmm. And then dot squarespace.com. And there's a dash between what Riley and Sharps. If you want to start a website about Minecraft or literally anything else, go to squarespace.com to get... Linda, Riley's mom, 
thought the interview was for a radio show, specifically the radio show This American Life. Because on top of failing to inform Linda the true purpose of this interview, our producer who booked it had told Linda that she worked for, quote, This American Life's Alex Bloomberg. Linda had tweeted out to all her friends that her son was going to be on This American Life. So when she found out that her son was actually in an ad, she was understandably quite upset. I talked to our producer, Lena, who set up the interview with Riley. She'd been hired just a week or two earlier, and one of the first things we'd asked her to do, find Squarespace users who we could interview for our Squarespace ads. And so I went into Twitter, and I just looked up anyone who's used the word Squarespace in, like, the last three months. Mm -hmm. And then anything that led me to an interesting site, I would just email that person and say, Hi, I work for Alex Bloomberg. He used to work for This American Life and Planet Money. Um, We're interested in talking to people who use Squarespace. Um, can you email me back? And then with almost everyone I spoke with, as soon as they emailed me back, I wrote back to say, just to be clear, though, this is for an advertisement. Mm -hmm. I didn't do that with one person who was the mother of the child that owned the website. Mm -hmm. He's a Mm -hmm. nine-year-old. And and why not? I just didn't think about it. Lena was Gimlet Media's fourth hire, excluding Matt and me. She'd started as a temp producer for Alex and PJ, and in the way of startups, she'd turned permanent through smarts, a positive attitude, and hard work. But she wasn't super experienced. And even if she had been, what we were asking her to do, book guests to appear on documentary-style podcast advertisements, that's a pretty new thing for everyone. A new thing that I had utterly failed to prepare her for. But of course, Linda didn't know any of that. I felt awful. I called Linda. I told her, I'm so sorry. I know how disappointed you must be feeling. She asked me why we hadn't told her it was for an ad. And I said, it was just a stupid mistake. We're the small team. We were cramming before the launch of the show. Linda listened patiently, but I could tell she wasn't finding this very convincing. It was a cordial conversation. She thanked me for calling. But the tweets continued. One tweet read, quote, when we blur the lines between marketing and journalism to the point where people are misinformed, that's just lying. Another one said that what we did was, quote, beyond shady, and that she couldn't help but feel, quote, the deception was deliberate. Linda had a lot of followers, over 11,000, and they started tweeting about it as well. By midday, there was a full-on mini-tweet storm. And what's worse, because of our mistake, This American Life was implicated. Several of Linda's followers at-mentioned This American Life and NPR in their tweets and accused us all of intentionally deceiving a nine-year-old child. And as the tweets continued and got picked up more and more widely, our mistake was expanding. No longer was it simply a failure to properly inform Linda and her son about who we were and what we were doing. All of a sudden, people were starting to question the ethics behind our entire advertising strategy. In other words, we were being dragged into the wrong side of an argument over native advertising. Native advertising is when advertising looks and feels like the non-advertising content which surrounds it. It's a hot topic in any future of media discussion. You see native advertising in websites and magazines, hear it on the radio. And the problem that people have with it, of course, is that it looks and sounds like the regular content. People can be deceived about what is something somebody's paid to say and what is something they actually believe. And this was particularly heartbreaking because I'll just go ahead and say this. I feel proud of how we've handled our sponsorship so far. We've made some interesting ads, ads that employ the tools of documentary and storytelling, but we've gone out of our way to highlight with music and words that it is advertising and not editorial content. We've steered clear of what I consider the most troubling aspects of this new model, the possibility of deception. 
But now, because we had perpetrated, unwittingly, a deception, and this deception was associated with our sponsorships, people were now associating us with the slimier elements of native advertising. So we had this dilemma. On the one hand, we wanted to correct the record, say, yeah, we made a mistake, but not that mistake. But on the other hand, the more attention we gave to it, the more other people might notice as well and take what was still a small thing and turn it into a big thing. We had a team meeting to figure out what, if anything, we should do to respond. Put out some sort of statement somewhere. Engage Linda on Twitter more. Do nothing. Alex Goldman weighed in first. I just, I just like, I think that this is, it feels huge because the, everybody on the internet feels like they, they are this, of the same size. But this, in the annals of scandal, this is really small. We owned it right away. I think we've done everything right. I think, uh, I, I just really, like, I think that it, to get upset or to, like, try, like, continue this conversation is a mistake. If I came to this from outside of it, I would not say they owned it. This is PJ, Alex's Reply All co-host. I would say they're waiting to see if they have to apologize. Which is what, which is what we're doing. The problem, is, the problem is that this American Life thing is mixed up in it. So, like, um, did they get on Twitter? They did. Yeah, they got on Twitter and they responded to her. That's what I'm saying. Like, they responded yeah, to her. This isn't us. And she was like, well, if you look at how it was presented to me, you can see why I was confused. And it's like, yeah, that's true. We, I think you're upset about misrepresentation because we misrepresented ourselves. And we're like, I don't want to defend that because I don't think we can. We need to say something. So after that hour or so of deliberation, we settled on this approach. One simple tweet at Linda in which I said, we are so sorry for misleading you. Not intentional, but inexcusable. We took down the ad. Thanks for letting us know. And for a while, it seemed that the worst was over. This was early afternoon, and for most of the rest of the day, there wasn't really anything on Twitter about it. But then, when I was in the studio recording part of my interview with Lena, we found out that it wasn't over. I've been here a couple of weeks, and like pretty much every day when I come in, I feel like I have a list of things for myself that I need to get done, and my goal... I'm sorry to interrupt. Uh-huh. Uh, somebody from BuzzFeed just forwarded this thing, like to me, someone saying, like, I think they're going to write about it. Oh, uh, okay. So we need to treat this as like a thing that's... All right. Anyway, enjoy the uh, Okay. That's PJ at the door. He had gotten an email from a reporter at BuzzFeed. They'd seen the tweets. They were interested in writing an article. My God. I just moved here from San Francisco two weeks ago. And what I liked about your show, because I've been listening to your show for, you know, many weeks before I've actually been working for you, is that you've been super clear about bookending ads. I'm crying a little bit. You've been clear about bookending ads with transparency, with saying, like, just so you know, this music means this is an ad. And as soon as you hear this music, you know that we're advertising. Um, And I felt good coming into an office that, that like respects those boundaries and with Replyal's premiere yesterday we respected those boundaries in every possible way except for I neglected to tell the person that communicated the ad that they were part of an advertisement and I and I feel gross about it what are we going to do if BuzzFeed writes about it <laughs> I mean I don't know I, I think uh 
I'm not sure. I've never done this. This is all new for me too, like crisis management. I think ultimately it's gonna be feel fine. It's gonna be fine. You know, I really do. It's just like, it feels like crap right now. Um, and it's just a reminder of like how things wanna be bad, mistakes wanna get made, you know? And it's like, you have to be just like vigilant about it all the time. It's hard. Later that night, Matt and I did the interview with BuzzFeed. They were nice. We were effusive in our apologies for being so bungling. But it felt like a scene in a horror movie where something was coming. We just didn't know what. This article felt like it would lead to other articles, and those articles would show up in Google searches about Gimlet Media. And maybe this seems extreme to say now, but at the time, it felt like we would be forever branded with this weird little asterisk in people's minds. Weren't you the ones who tricked a little boy into being on an ad? Then, at home, I got an email from PJ. BuzzFeed had talked to Linda, and they decided to pass on the article for now. They didn't say why, but I didn't care. Our mistake, it turns out, would not be elevated into a think piece about the murky ethics around native advertising. Our mistake had been left to dissolve alone in the Twitter sphere. I had the soundest sleep I'd had in weeks. Coming up, how a tweet storm can turn into a tweet sunny day. People said that, right? After this word from our sponsors. Hey, Alex. Linda. After the holidays, I sent Linda a long email, much longer than 140 characters, explaining everything that had happened. I told her we were going to be talking about it all on the podcast and that we would love her perspective. And she agreed. I'm recording our conversation uh, for possible use on uh, the podcast startup. Um, Let me come right out of there and get that out of the way right now. (laughs) I know. I feel like we have to be super clear about everything now. I'm like, Alex, I'm about to take a drink of my glass of water. I just wanted to tell you that. (laughs) Disclosure. Linda Sharps is a freelance writer, marketer, and blogger in Eugene, Oregon. I got her to walk me through everything that happened from her perspective, starting with when our producer, Lena, first reached out to her. The way she represented it to me was, um, or the way I took it, I should be clear, uh, is that This American Life's Alex Bloomberg was aware of my son's Minecraft website on Squarespace. Um, You guys thought it was cool, and you wanted to talk to him about that. And and you're thinking at that time, like, this is awesome. This American Life wants to talk to my son. Absolutely. And what I did, before I even responded to Lena in the positive and saying, Mm -hmm. heck yes, I shared a screenshot of her email on Instagram. And I was like, holy shit, you guys. This American Life wants to talk to Riley. And I had people were like royally geeked mm-hmm. on son's behalf. And so it became this very big like, oh my God, when is it going to air? The excitement level, everyone was at like a 13. Okay, so so then fast forward now. So so you have that conversation. They do the interview uh, with your son, and then um, when did you become aware that the that the thing you thought was happening was not happening? The next day, someone on Twitter was like, "Hey, Linda, um, hey, I just heard your son on an ad for Squarespace on Reply All." 
that was awesome or like he was cute or something like that. She wasn't uh-huh. alerting me, oh, this is super messed up. She was just saying, hey, I just heard it and, you know, way to go. And right. I was like, whoa, what do you mean add? What do you mean reply all? Hold, hold up. And uh-huh. then that's when I emailed Lena to be like, I'm super confused. I told Linda that if I'd been able to tell the me of Tuesday that just a week later, she and I would be having a friendly conversation about all this, I would have broken down in tears of relief. Because a conversation like this is all I wanted to do. I like having conversations with people. That's why I made it my job, basically. But on Tuesday, an unguarded discussion felt impossible because everything I said on the subject felt like it might mushroom into a bunch of unwanted media attention. And also, on a more personal level, I just hate thinking people are mad at me. To a fault, it's actually a problem I have. And I knew Linda was mad. Yeah, and I was kind of mad. You know, my right. feelings hurt. And I, and honestly, you know, I was kind of mad that it wasn't communicated to me. It wasn't disclosed to me. And to be honest, you know, like having thought about it for a while, I think the reason also that I was upset is because I was a little embarrassed. Right. You know what I mean? Like, in retrospect, I kind of felt like, you know, the part of me that maybe is kind of can be prone to self-doubt was kind of like, of course it wasn't a This American Life story. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. That's part of it, certainly. But talking to her, I also got a glimpse into exactly how shady this all did look from her perspective. Like, when I had first talked to her on the phone on that Tuesday morning, I had assumed she was familiar with the backstory, that she knew about me and my company and startup, that she had the context. That was not at all true. She knew about This American Life, sure, but she had no idea about Gimlet Media or who I was, frankly. Yeah, not really familiar with you personally. I realized that, like, after I talked to you and on my way home, I was like... Because, uh, you know, again, I was like, why is she still so mad? Like, as I thought we had this nice conversation. And then I realized, Bloomberg, she doesn't know who the fuck you are. Like, she has, like, from her perspective, like, she, you're some guy that used to work with This American Life, claimed he still worked for This American Life, and told her her son was going to be on This American Life, and then put him on an ad. <laughs> and that's, like, really well, suspicious. Exactly. That is that is what I felt. And, um, you know, I like, at this point, to me, um, I guess it doesn't feel relevant to focus on, you know, what you what you got from Squarespace for that ad. But at the time, I was just thinking, well, that's kind of bullshit that they just didn't even, you know, they didn't, not only did they not disclose, but they didn't even offer compensation. Like, I don't know in retrospect whether or not I would have been interested in it. It's, right. it's sort of a moot point, but that, again, that maybe is why why I was angry at the time. And because really at the end of the day, I want, I, you know, I want to uh, be clear that probably I would have been less upset about all of this if you had interviewed me about um, whatever it was, if it was about right. Squarespace. Right. You know, but you talked to my nine-year-old son who was so excited. Uh, yeah. And that is yucky. You know, yeah. like after the fact, the fact that, you know, I misrepresented it to him. He never had a chance to say, yes, I want to be part of an ad. No, I don't want to be part of that. And right. he actually felt really upset afterwards because um, <laughs> because he, okay, 
he watches a lot of YouTube videos about Minecraft and he freaking hates the ads. Uh -huh. So he's all, you know what I mean? He's always like, right. oh my God, I hate, I hate ads. One thing this whole episode made us realize, we need some guidelines here, a policy. Like that compensation issue that Linda brought up, we'd never even thought of that. I mean, it had not crossed my mind. It's one thing to try a quirky ad strategy that's grown organically out of your meta experiment in combining business and documentary storytelling. It's another thing to scale that strategy. We are working right now at Gimlet Media on crafting some set of policies. Over the next couple of weeks, we'll have something in place that we'll post on our website. Right now, here's what feels most important. One, and this should be quite obvious at this point, if we interview people for an ad, they should always know from the very beginning that they are going to be in an ad. Two, people listening to the ad should always know they're listening to an ad. That I feel like we've done pretty well so far. And three, this is fairly obvious, but worth saying out loud, advertisers should never have any editorial control over any of our content. That's all pretty straightforward, frankly. One question I'm still wrestling with what is the line between an ad and an endorsement? I don't want to be in the business of saying we use or love products we don't actually use or love. But of course, one reason advertisers love podcasters is because the ad comes out of our mouths, which in some ways is an implicit endorsement. I don't know exactly what the answer is. I'm still wrestling with that. Coming up, scenes from an upcoming episode of Startup, but first, a word from our sponsors. On an upcoming episode of Startup, I stop talking about myself for once and start talking about you all, specifically those of you who wrote in to us to tell us about your businesses. Like this guy, Trevor McKendrick, Bible salesman. Well, Bible app salesman. If I had known how big it was going to be, I might, I don't know if I would have gotten into it because now with this amount of money, it's like there's like a, some sort of like moral obligation that I feel like I have. Whereas originally when it was just like this little punk app, it was like no big deal. It's like, oh, who cares if you make 600 bucks selling the Bible? But it's like, oh, you make six figures. It's like, should you, should you be doing that? Like, I, I don't know. You can hear much more from Trevor and it is an amazing interview on an upcoming episode of Startup. To subscribe to our podcast, Find it on iTunes or check out the Gimlet Media website, gimletmedia.com. It was designed in partnership with Athletics. They also designed our brand new Gimlet logo and an awesome Reply All logo, which I love so much. Definitely check out Athletics' work at gimletmedia.com. There you can also find all the music we used in today's show. Mark Phillips mixed today's episode and wrote and performed our theme song, Build Buildings, wrote and performed our special ad music. Editing help today from PJ Vote, Alex Goldman, Starley Kine, Lisa Chow, Lena Mcitsis, and Caitlin Roberts, who also produced the show and is standing right behind me right now. Hey, Caitlin. A special thanks to David Plotz. He's the former chief editor of Slate. He's the current CEO of the amazing website Atlas Obscura, and he gave me some very sage advice on running a media business and also making a living. Also, thanks so much to Linda Sharps for being committed to dialogue and reconciliation. I really appreciate it. You can follow us on Twitter at Podcast Startup or me at Alex Bloomberg or Gimlet at Gimlet Media. I'm Alex Bloomberg. I'll talk to you soon on the next episode of Startup. Startup.